0: Hello and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4 covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. In this episode, Equipment Today editor Becky Schultz talks with EarthWave President Larry Baker about the company's construction management system a telematics system specifically for yellow iron construction. Larry discusses how the EarthWave system focuses on measuring operators, not just measuring equipment usage numbers, and additionally dives into the importance of telematics adoption for construction contractors. Let's dig in with Becky and Larry now. You know, telematics is a black
1: box, I I hate to limit it by saying GPS and actually our first black box back in 2000 2001 didn't include gps but it's basically a technology where we're measuring and monitoring activity of of assets and those can be off-road assets bulldozers excavators loaders uh, or they can be trucks and and those can be pickup trucks uh, or dump trucks or low boys but a hundred percent of our of our product is installed and implemented and developed for heavy equipment contractors, paving contractors, civil contractors, utility contractors, uh, 100% of them. So we have made it our business over the last 20 years to uh, understand their business as it relates to the challenges of tracking and monitoring and managing their remote assets they're, they're heavier assets.
2: Where, telematics has come a long way over the last um, decade or two, honestly. Uh, what sets your company apart from other telematics providers? Because there, there are a number of them out there. OEMs are offering telematics technology built into their equipment now. What sets EarthWave apart?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's A, that... We are hundred percent focused on the construction industry, so there's been twenty years of learning uh by everyone here about about the industry and the problems that they that they have that we've developed our solution to help them solve but but the big differentiator Becky, is that we're focused more on the operation side so the the people that use our product and the people that buy our product uh Uh, and the objectives that they have that they buy a product to to help them address aren't the typical equipment-oriented problems and and requirements that – Uh, an OEM product would would provide. They're doing things for the shop and the equipment manager. We do things. We've written our software for the stakeholders, for the VP of operations, for the foreman, for the project managers. So they they know everything that's going on in the field on a job-by-job basis uh, and can more effectively manage that job with that real-time information.
2: Just to kind of give someone... Uh, a little bit of insight into how that pro- your system works. Can you kind of talk through maybe an example of how someone might have used it or, or maybe kind of walk through what could be the possibilities on a job site? Uh, sure,
1: sure. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole uh, challenge in the construction industry of, of measuring and monitoring and keeping score and managing that's really tied to the, the manual processes that exist to track location of equipment, productivity of equipment, utilization of equipment. So it's all, you know, paper and pencil or spreadsheet mm-hmm. or, or some sort of a software that gets the data in, but it's all dependent on people. Right. So, you know, for for instance, you know, a question that we will ask uh, in our sales process to the right person at the right time is, you know, as it relates to location of equipment. You know, do you have a grease board? Do you have a a method of tracking the the jobs you, that your equipment equipment is on in your software where your job costing? You know, you you're tracking equipment location by job is that up to date? Is your grease board up to date? And what we hear Becky is, no, it's not. And then the follow-up question is, has it ever, is it ever up to date? And there's laughter. No, it's never up to date. (laughs) So when you've got a hundred, you follow me, you got a hundred, you got 200 pieces of equipment. Where are they? We've had, we've had, we have customers that have lost the D6 dozer for six months. They didn't even know it was missing. And, we have tons of stories like that. So, sure. so you know, when it's time to do timesheets, you know, what equipment's on your job? They're they're doing timesheets that, you know, backhoe one hundred three works six hours. Well, backhoe one hundred three left your job two days ago. You got backhoe one hundred five, but you are not reporting any hours on it. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so there is there is there is a there is a. A chaos almost that that takes place as especially as companies go from you know my grandpa had a bulldozer and a truck and now i'm a th- third generation and, and we're at 200 pieces of equipment and mm-hmm. the wheels kind of fall off because right. you know what what are the processes of tracking the movement of that equipment so it, it kind of starts with that so we we have patented technology that automatically is tracking when a piece of equipment is moving on the back of a trailer or a low boy, and when it gets to a job, we know that it's at that job, and it logs it in to that job at 12.08 p.m. on January 28th. It was on job A this morning, and it left there at 11.18, got to job B at 12.08 or whatever, and now we logged it out of job A logged it into job B. Now it's tracking on job B. So when when the foreman says, you know, I got backhoe 104 at, at, Two at you know 12 18 today you know foreman you got 10 foreman you know two of them might catch it eight of them won't so they're they're not putting in any time for backhoe 104 fleet sure. watcher says no you it worked an hour and 12 minutes today on job B so uh foreman report report an hour and eight minutes not not zero and we have apps that they use that that indicate to the foreman backo 104 just showed up on your job today and then at the end of the day they can look at their phone and see backo 104 ran an hour and eight minutes bulldozer 203 ran six hours and 15 minutes etc cetera, etc cetera. and so what what also happens becky in the field is these foremen will say, "Well, Larry worked ten hours. His excavator worked nine. Becky worked ten hours. Her loader worked nine. Mm-hmm. Joe worked ten hours." And so they're just nine, 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 <laughs> or they or they underreport hours because it makes their job look better. So it kind of depends on how they're motivated, and we see it a lot that that with certain job costing software, uh, it'll it'll show if you're in the red if you're if you're not hitting your 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 projections or your your budget so what guys will do is you know becky's you know work today 10 hours she was operating the paver which had to work the full 10 hours but they'll put in three hours and and get away with it okay because there's nobody double checking triple checking all of that stuff. right right so so we're showing here's the job here's everything that worked on it today this piece has been on there four days and hasn't worked at all but you know, these others worked eight hours and six minutes, five hours and eighteen minutes, etc., etc. So now, now their timesheets are accurately reflecting what the machine actually did. All the machines on their job did for that day, which goes into job costing, equipment costing, um, job profitability. So it's really just taking all of this. This, you know, I'll, I'll use the word fiction that. You know, is is reported both mm-hmm. location. You know, people tra- take machines. They don't tell anybody. They get a they get a backhoe or a, a skid steer loader that's small enough loaded on a loaded on a on a trailer, and it's on another job that nobody's nobody's keeping hours on. <laughs> So we have a process after we implement Fleet Watcher that X number of weeks into it, we'll we'll collect time with our customer and say, okay, we're going to go through all of the jobs for the week of you know, January fifth, and we're going to compare what was turned in on timesheets to what actually happened. and And you would think it's it's from a different company. You know, it's 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 sure. the inaccuracy is basically a hundred percent. And so we we help them fix that. Now imagine you've got you've got twelve jobs and you have got twelve foremen and and people are showing up and showing up late and and covering for each other and they they clock in at six but they don't start working until seven twelve. We know what time they start working because now we're tracking the hydraulic pressure, the RPMs. So so you know. It, it, it's really a you know it, it's really a a tool a technology that accurately measures and monitors location activity uh, usage of equipment and, and really Becky it's about operators and drivers. <laughs> what right. we're doing is measuring the operator, not the backhoe, not the. We're, we're measuring his product that operator's production uh and that machine 's production but it it 's as simple you know our, our approach is when you 're being observed uh you 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 perform at a higher level
2: looking at telematics technology adoption adopt, adoption of systems like this um, um, where do you see that heading do you see that the adoption rate is is increasing do you see that the industry is still lagging behind in adopting this type of technology where where do you see this going at this point
1: you know i think telematics is has is a is a very subjective term and and category okay uh so you know what what's construction telematics you ask five people you're going to get five different things Mm -hmm. and so there's not one clear definition but the but the prevailing definition is when you talk about fleet management telematics it's about it's about the equipment manager the shop manager uh it's it's basics it's it's location it's hours uh but but it's up to the end user to figure out what to do with it. We that, we kind of bridge
2: go ahead. I was just going to say but isn't that the biggest challenge that telematics brings is being able to figure out what to do with that information that you're collecting. I think it overwhelms some people um just looking at all of the vast amount of um information Absolutely. and not and not having the context to be able to decipher what that means to their organization. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean you—you you hit the the nail on the head. But it's but it's even more complicated because in the day to day operation of our customers, they're they're paving. They're you know the phones are ringing, the dust is flying, the asphalt's flying, and they're not good at implementing technology or analyzing data uh, that that's new. That you know, there's no there's no history within that organization of of having that data and having processes, how to analyze it and how to use that and make changes, make decisions. So we do all of that. We do all of that for them and with them. Okay. And, and so, you know, we are a, you know, we're a consulting company. We're an implementation uh, project management company that happens to develop this technology to solve the problems
2: okay. but we
1: provide we provide all of those all of those services to help them adopt and implement fleet watcher and and it 's a major undertaking and, and we've got it we 've got it pretty well streamlined and best practice and you know our our customers. <laughs> love us because of that additional support that we provide.
2: What do you see as some of the the risks or challenges contractors might face if they are deciding not to implement this type of a system? Do you see that there is a a competitive risk out there at this point?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And when it it depends on the marketplace and and sure. it's you know while while some of our customers will evangelize to others others jokingly tell us you know don't please don't sell to any of our competitors or don't sell for a year cuz i i want this i want this head start mm-hmm. so so uh you know there you know what the bell shaped curve is sure mhm uh so you know, you've got your early adopter your innovators, your early adopters, your right. early majority, your late late majority and your laggards. Uh, and those that are on the backside of that are, are gonna be playing are already playing catch up. And, you know, we we have you know, when, when you yeah, One of our customers, a, a good customer of ours, uh, that that's utilized the system well is a company in Tampa, Florida called Repa Construction. We just did an internal uh, piece on Repa that Ashley could send you if you're interested. We interviewed okay. their uh, their some of their executives. But when they put Fleet Watcher in, they had – this was the, the – winter and spring of 2012, they had 120 pieces of equipment. They're a, are utility and site development contractor. to do subdivisions, commercial, some golf course development, that sort of thing. Uh, they they put Fleet Watcher and their their loaders were idling fifty seven percent after Fleet Watcher, you know, three months later they're idling twenty three percent. Same wow. same stuff with the other equipment. They they now have last time I looked, a thousand and seventy seven Fleet Watcher devices on their assets. Uh, so they've gone from one hundred and twenty in eight years to, you know, a thousand and seventy seven. Mm-hmm. And and you know they're and this conversation goes back to two thousand and fourteen, I think, the beginning of two thousand and fourteen. And their president told me, he said, Larry, we're we're laying twenty five percent more pipe every day than we did before Fleet Watcher. We're we're moving twenty five to thirty percent more dirt every day than than we did before Fleet Watcher because we've been able to track the idle, reduce the idle, get these guys basically working you know, back to the timesheet thing. The guy says ten hours, and and the excavator worked nine. Well, no, the excavator ran eight, only worked six. That don't cut it. So, okay. uh, so, so they have they have just dominated. They're like a they're legendary in that in that part of Florida for their growth, their success. So they're getting jobs done in seventy percent of the time that they were getting them done before. And and what the president told me was, we haven't raised our price, we haven't lowered our price, but we get the job done 30% sooner, so our costs are 30% less for our labor, our, you know, equipment costs, that sort of thing. We're delivering the product 30% sooner, so, uh, you know, they've, they've built probably three Costco's in the last five years there, because we get this business automatically, because we don't even, it doesn't even go out for bit. They know you know they've got an engineering estimate of what it should be. We come in at that price. They know we'll get it done fast. We'll get it done right. So they've gobbled up and and almost monopolized that marketplace. Now you know their two main competitors have Watcher too, but other smaller ones don't don't want to spend the money. Mm. And so they're on the back they're on the backside of that bell shaped curve. I think like any viable uh, technology that provides. A substantial return on investment, or uh, a change in in the you know profitability and productivity of of a individual or a company. Those that are last to to adopt are uh, doing it at their own peril. To do it right, uh, it, it takes it takes a commitment. Absolutely. <laughs> and so it. Absolutely. And, and so. That's a commitment of money. That's a commitment of time. That's a commitment of the, the stakeholders engaging to, to make policy and, and to determine processes and consequences and, and then carrying those out. So
2: right.
1: it's, not a, it's not a here's a black box, install it, and you'll get the data, and you know, don't call me, I'll call you. Sure. It's a whole new world of, of data analytics, and, and, and the return has to be there. Obviously, or they're not going to do that. So right. it, it's that's part of the slowness of the adoption of of really utilizing this technology effectively. It, I would call it right now a very passive technology. Uh, you know, you get it on your your new OEM stuff. So we've got it. So I can check off the box that I've got telematics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the, the question that we always ask: Is what problem does it solve? What problems does it solve? <clears throat> and so that's where we kind of differentiate ourselves by solving the problems that we solve, which which requires accurate, reliable data, which is what we're the best at. But it also requires then process reengineering and and workflow. Uh, you know, processes that include consequences because, you know, what what makes our, our customers get the benefit out of Watcher are consequences. Consequences Absolutely. for that machine idling too long. Consequences for that truck being at a, a Wawa or a, you know, a, a 7-Eleven when he's supposed to be with his load of asphalt at the paver. Mm-hmm. So, so it takes those, you know, They get this data, and they're doing the headlights. What do we do with it? Well, we let them know ahead of time. This is what's going to happen. We can predict the future with 100% certainty. This is going to happen. So so we need to determine. We don't need to wait for it to happen because we know it's going to happen. So when this happens, what's the process going to be? What's the policy going to be? And we have documents that... We fill all that out and work with them and when it's not being adhered to. And this could be the owner or the dispatcher or the equipment manager. Hey, you're supposed to be doing this. You're not doing it. So we, we challenge them. We call them out.
2: Right. Again, and, going uh, back to that whole issue of accountability.
1: That's right. That's right. So So, you know, we approach this. We're like a... Accenture, if you remember who Accenture was, right. you know, we're like a yeah. You know, we we come in there with a SWAT team. We got Six Sigma Six Sigmas on our staff. We come in there loaded for bear, and and we become we become you know kind of part of the team, but we become the you know the squeaky wheel, the <laughs> the uh, uh, the challenger to help them. Make the changes, which we know aren't going to be easy, aren't going to be automatic, in in some cases. Uh, so you know, we have to hire people that can manage these processes, train them well. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's a it's a it's a it's a big uh, uh, it's an undertaking challenge. And yeah, undertaking. That's a good word.
0: Well, that's it for today. Thank you to Larry Baker of EarthWave for taking the time to talk with us. Tune in every Monday for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by FourConstructionPros.com, and make sure to subscribe and share. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.